Hello, I'm Scott Sosh. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today we begin with reports that Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. That's big money. Yes, we're talking about a big wad of cash. He wants as much as $200 million for upgrades at Bank of America Stadium and a companion Major League Soccer team headquarters in Charlotte. Well, here's what I love about the story, though, Barr, and this is why we picked it. David Tepper has been the owner of a major professional sports team for how long? A year. It, has, it, has it been a year for the Panthers already? Oh, yeah, I think it's been a year. All right, let's say around a year. He's already mastered the playbook. What do you do when you want some upgrades or you need a new stadium or you need, what do you do? You tell the taxpayers, you pay for it, right? Well, remember, this guy was a a world-class businessman, so. Is. Yeah. I'm saying, it's this, he knows what to do. Well, there's a, yeah. He's using, of course, some of his own money. (laughs) He's saying that it's going to. What be about four hundred million dollars all said and done, Eben? Four twenty-five. About four hundred twenty-five. Yeah, and that uh, includes by the, way, the expansion yeah, fee. Let, yeah. let, let's get into that a little bit, yeah. if we may. Sure. The expansion fee for major league soccer teams. This was like ten million bucks not so long ago. Two thousand seven, when Toronto Two. joined the league, it was ten million dollars. Wow. And, wow. and, and, now, and, and, and even Beckham, <laughs> now it's a Beckham, bit higher. Beckham was what twenty five. He he had the right well, to Beckham buy had in, the right in his contract, the right to yeah. buy so in. So it jumped up. 25. I think it, I think it was nine figures when LAFC joined in, yes. which was which yes. was three or four years ago. Uh, but I, St. Louis paid two hundred, right? Or two hundred, and, and, and it certainly seems as though you know they didn't break out all of this in, in what Tepper put together to, to the city. But it looks like he's going to be maybe two fifty. Yeah, I'm, that is that's that's a large amount of money. That's a large for amount. Of, for by yeah. the way, and we asked Mark Abbott when he was on the show. I, I remember asking him point blank, "Can you justify the valuations?" And everything was again about the future. Look ahead to media deals, mm. to what the value of the media will be worth. Right now, I would guess you'd be hard pressed to justify two hundred and fifty million dollar valuation for a franchise. Are these guys, how much money are these franchises kicking off? Well, I mean, I, that's the big that's the big question, and I think there is, as there is in every league, there is a big discrepancy between yeah. the money that you know the, the team in Atlanta kicks off playing in Mercedes Benz Stadium to seventy thousand people almost every weekend Who saw versus that the in, money the that Columbus might kick off, um, in, depending on how many people are coming to games uh, in Ohio. Well, I have to ask. I hate to be Mister Rain on the parade, but. How high can these valuations go? At some point, this is going to – I'm looking at something that's going to be like the real estate bust because the valuations can't keep going higher. I mean, you can only get so much. Well, it depends what the revenues do. I mean, it really does depend on what the revenue – is MLS going to – Join with the Mexican League? Is that, I mean, that's yeah, been was, bandied about. Will they open it up one day so that they could really bid on the top talent and be a, a real competitor to the EPL? But that's down the line. Yeah, I think that's those are those are all important questions, and and I don't think we know exactly what the end game is for MLS right now. They're expanding rapidly, right? LAFC was the twenty third team. St. Louis they just awarded number twenty eight. This will be thirty. Uh, yeah, twenty nine uh, is going to be Sacramento, I believe. Thirty could be Charlotte if Tepper actually ends up getting this deal. And we should mention they don't have the franchise yet. This is all kind of part of a bid to if, try yeah. to get. And it. by the way, Eben, yeah. you and I were both surprised. The plan would call for the soccer team to play at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, so that's where the Panthers play. You know when Tepper paid two point three million dollars, which is terrible, Panthers, and I'm sorry to use the adjective, it. but it's terrible at Yankee Stadium for NYCFC. Yeah, so for a while, 
MLS was touting all these new teams that had soccer-specific stadiums. And LAFC, I haven't been out there, but everyone says it's fantastic fantastic as a soccer-specific venue. The Red Bulls here outside New York have a a good one as well. Um, However, I would imagine, you know, the success that Atlanta had playing in an NFL stadium has maybe opened some eyes to the idea that, you know, we can make this work if it is a brand new stadium. Now, Bank of America Stadium is not brand new. It opened in 1996. But one of the things David Tepper said when he bought the Panthers, there is a big new stadium coming at some point in the next decade. Within the next decade, the nice retractable Um, roof stadium in Charlotte. So I imagine if I'm Don Garber, the idea of maybe repeating what's happening in Atlanta in Charlotte with, with a brand new NFL slash MLS stadium. I bet you that's that's pretty intriguing. I will tell you from way back in my youth soccer days that they do like their soccer in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Moving right along, I have four words. Eben Story, Doctor Doctor. What's up? <laughs> oh, I was like, that's two. <laughs> I didn't see the Doctor Doctor coming. Yeah. So for for folks out there who follow uh, at Pro Football Doc on Twitter, and I did. Um, by the way, did you far? Did you know about this guy? No, I did not. I did not know about it oh. either. Yeah. So he's a if people who play fantasy sports. I think he's. Kind of a cult hero. Bar, um, where are you? He's he's the. Where are you? He's essentially the go-to guy for instant injury reaction on Twitter, right? So he he's a former team doctor. He worked with the with the Chargers for seventeen years. Contro- let's say a little and, controversial. And, team and yeah, he le- he left under under some controversy. Um, he now you know spends his Sundays and and, and Thursdays and Mondays <laughs> watching <laughs> NFL games. He has you know a big setup with multiple screens. He gets live video. He gets replays, and he is giving his expert opinion the moment an injury happens. So when Saquon Barkley goes down with what looks like a rolled ankle, and and, and this guy Dr. David Chow, pro, pro football doc, looks at the way Saquon gets up, looks at the way that the the doctors put him on a cart, look at the way they handle his ankle, and he says, likely a high ankle sprain. Eight weeks. That's probably, you know, four to eight weeks. You know, he gives that kind of instant reaction. I've heard this guy now. Yes, he's, I. if you listen to uh, lots of other podcasts, yes. He's on now, podcasts all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard this. But so, the key, so the, here's the key. Give me the key. Yeah, what? so the he news now, now. He, he is now starting, he's been doing this for free on Twitter forever. He's now launching a subscription service, uh, which is free right now and likely will have a paywall next year where he is building out all of this injury into a database that tells you what team players are injured, et cetera, and he's doing it for gamblers and fantasy players. You pause. This is when you express outrage. <laughs> <laughs> this is your outrage time. This, okay, here, here's the problem. First of all, the NFL has to do one heck of a better job of announcing injuries and stop messing around with my head I mean, hockey it's, just says upper body lower body well, they say I, nothing I expect i expect that this is why this guy has a That's has right. a hole in the market because, because not it, nfl injuries are so secretive mm-hmm. um and and there, it's a good question about whether you know the onset of more legal sports gambling is going to force the you league know it will because the nba one policies. thing that didn't get a lot of attention coming out of the latest nba mm-hmm. owners meeting yeah. was that the they've decided to push up the, the the time when you have to announce your starting lineup from 10 minutes to 30 minutes so it, i mean general managers also said hey you gotta you need to know who we're gonna play against that's b we already know come on that's bull this is about the sports betting and now they people want to know way ahead of time not yeah. just 10 minutes before the game who's the starting five if somebody's a maybe are they gonna play how can you bet on a game if you don't know who's starting? And, and the more information you give in that regard the less enticement there is for people who want to game the system and get an edge yes. to be paying trainers or paying yes. people that work at the arena to try to give did you see him yeah, walking you, in is he, is he in a boot there? what's the yeah, boot look yeah, like yeah, etc right. well yeah. let me explain something for fantasy players and every fantasy player is hanging around for 11:30 because that's when the uh, the who's in and who's out are the announcements 
which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I've got is Ben Roethlisberger played in week two. We had no clue what was coming down the, the lane here, and all of a sudden he's injured after we find out in the game and now, obviously, he's out for the season because he has surgery. So that's a that's a great point. And you see, it's true in fantasy, but especially in gambling, NFL lines will move around that 11, 30, 12 o'clock mark Eastern time on Sunday when teams announce this person's playing is not playing. Dr. David Chow, one of the things that he is doing, he claims that oftentimes a week before these guys are ruled out, he's saying, you know, I'm giving this guy a D grade. He's likely to be out given what I saw happen on the field last Sunday. Uh, so the advantage that he claims that he's going to be giving to his subscribers is this idea that maybe you jump ahead of that 11.30, 12 o'clock Sunday window if you can trust what he thinks he's seeing. Oldest the obvious in business, ca- Dr. David Chow. See, you need filling it. Yeah, the obvious <laughs> caveat there is diagnosing injuries via telef- uh, yeah, television ideal, screen not a, yeah. is, is not ideal, and he's not What's he's the not disclaimer? I'd, I'd like to read 100%. the disclaimer. When, you know, I am not treating this yeah, person. I mean, I'm just that's the big thing. Guessing. So in, in talking to him, he makes it very clear he's not making diagnosis diagnoses because that would involve seeing the patient and there's HIPAA violations and things like that. Uh, he is just giving an informed opinion about what he thinks has happened. What's the? Did he tell you the cost of what the subscription is? Yeah, so, so, so they haven't set that yet. They, he and his business partner have raised $250,000, friends and family, et cetera. Um, I can they, raise more in Venvo with, with a sign. With a sign <laughs> for college true. football. Yeah, yeah. So not a huge investment quite yet. I think their plan is to do it for free this year. And then if they have some traction, they already claim that they have 10,000 people signed up. If they have something that they think is really a business moving forward, they raise a Series A round and then heading into next season, paywall and something bigger. Uh, moving on, New Balance, Nike. Is there a fight? There, there is a fight, but it funny, you'd think if you were just going into this blind, you'd think the fight would be against the sort of the two retail and, and shoe apparel. Yeah. Right? It would be against New Balance versus Nike. No, 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 no. New Balance was the kit holder for Liverpool. Right. Contract was expiring. Nike came in with a bid. And we thought had won the rights to become the new kit holder for Liverpool. Only now New Balance is in and they're going to court saying, no, 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 no. Our deal gave us the right to match the Nike offer. Now it gets a little tricky in that what does match mean? Like, is it just dollar for dollar match or are we talking poison pill kind of stuff that I will let Mr. Novi Williams talk about? Yeah, so if it's dollar for dollar match, simple. New Balance is telling Liverpool, we're willing to we're pay in. the 86 million a year that Nike is offering you. So, it should be our contract. It sounds like what Liverpool is saying back to New Balance is, you know, right to match isn't just dollar figure, it's, you know, distribution capabilities. It's your ability to to sell jerseys all over the world and to react to things that happen on the field to create product and get it out there, and they're saying New Balance doesn't have have the capability there that Nike does. So, you know, it does seem to hinge on whatever the, the actual wording is of this right to match clause, but you see this. Or al- an interpretation thereof by the high court. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we hear this all the time, you know, right, right of first refusal, right to match. These are things that exist in contracts all the time. And I, I'm sure there is some precedent somewhere in law where someone has tried to get out of a contract by claiming match means a lot more than just the dollar figure written on the Imagine paper. like a right to match with fanatics. I mean, it would be yeah. almost impossible for anybody to match the speed the with which they... And the dis- right, the, yeah, so. so kind of underlying all this, 
obviously New Balance is a smaller company than Nike. New Balance does $4.5 billion in sales every year. Nike does almost 40. Well, and know, what did so the analysts say? Earnings were yesterday. Nike crushed it. Nike had a, Nike had a good earnings uh, earnings report yesterday. Um, so, you know, New Balance is not going to be able to compete with Nike in distribution anytime soon. They're just fundamentally different companies. But as, you know, as Scott said, New Balance has been on the jersey. New Balance or Warrior, which New Balance owns, has been on the jersey since 2011. Liverpool won the Champions League last year. They became essentially a, a, a one team. game away from winning the English Premier League last year. I think they're in first place in the Premier yep. League right now. They are now a top, top, A tier European Man soccer U, franchise. Man City, Chelsea, they're right there. Yeah. They're they're all out there, right? So that's there. what's at stake for these companies. Yeah. If I'm Nike, I want that brand association right now. And this is and worth mentioning, actually, that New Balance has had it's been a pretty nice run for New Balance partners in the past year. They signed Kawhi Leonard, they signed Coco Goff, my girl Rose Lavelle, Sydney McLaughlin, if you don't know her name. I didn't know who was claiming ownership. <laughs> I, I, I heard my girl. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was coming. Sydney McLaughlin, who's going to be a, a star in the Tokyo Olympics next year. Uh, New, New, uh, Liverpool was obviously a, a part of that, right? Winning the Champions League in your uniform is huge. Um, and when you're New Balance and companies that size, you know you don't have many soccer partners, right? They, they, they don't have that many European teams. You pay big money to one of them, and you hope that they become what Liverpool has become. And Liverpool would have far, this, uh, far this, exceeded expectations. Exactly. This would be a very tough loss for, for New Balance. Well, you have to now put in the valuation of distribution. I mean, if that's the key to the whole thing, uh, obviously, what's the dollar value of that? Well, that's what someone's going to try to decide. What What is the interpretation of match? What is, is Does it just mean dollar for dollar in terms, or are we talking sort of system-wide capability? If that's the case, why even include the term in the contract? This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soschnick and Evan Novi-Williams. I'm here with my guys. Each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. Yes, that was a shot at it. Join us again tomorrow <laughs> when we speak with Pete Vlastelica, CEO of Activision Blizzard's eSports Ventures. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.